0: The only announcement we have is uh, the ladies' retreat registration is now open. If you didn't get any information from me, that can be found right there in the back, Um, all the information on the hotel rooms and the services. So, oh, I'm sorry, there's one more. Yes, the gift cards. Uh, Thank you for those that have already given. Um, You still have until next Sunday if you want to get some more. Or if you want to just uh, put the money in the offering and just label it for the Tupelo Children's Mansion, we can purchase those for you as well. (coughs) Over all the earth, you reign on high. Every mountain stream, every sunset sky. But my one request, Lord, my only aim, is that you reign in me again, Lord reign in me, reign in your power, over all my dreams, in my darkest hour. You are the Lord of all I am, so won't you reign in me again, over every thought over every word may my life reflect the beauty of my lord you mean more to me than any earthly thing so won't you reign in me again lord reign in me reign in your power over all my dreams in my darkest hour you are the lord of all i am so won't you reign in me again lord reign in me reign in your power over all my dreams in my darkest hour you are the lord of all i am So won't you reign in me again? Over all the earth, you reign on high. Every mountain stream, every sunset sky. But my one request, Lord, my only aim is that you'd reign in me again. Over every thought, over every word may my life reflect the beauty of my lord you mean more to me than any earthly thing so won't you reign in me again lord reign in me reign in your power over all my dreams in my darkest hour You are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again, Lord, reign in me. Reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again? Reign in me, reign in your power Over all my dreams, in my darkest hour You are the Lord of all I am So won't you reign in me again? So won't you reign in me again. So won't you reign in me again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we want you to reign in us. Lord, let your spirit, Lord, flow through us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Over all of my life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Our Father, Creator, you hold our hearts together. There's no one higher than you. Redeemer, Defender, our great and mighty Savior, there's no one higher than you. You are always with us, gracious to forgive us. By your power we've been set. And Lord, we stand amazed in your presence, astounded by your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high in surrender. Your grace for me is always enough. There is no one higher than our God. There is no one greater than you. Let my life forever praise the glory of your name. There is no one higher than you. Majestic in wonder, you reign with love forever. There's no one higher than you. beauty, your splendor, your glory knows no measure, there's no one higher than you, you are always with us, gracious to forgive us, by your power we've been set free. And Lord, we stand amazed in your presence, astounded by your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high in surrender, your grace for me is always enough. There is no one higher than our God, there is no one greater than you, let my life forever praise the glory of your name, there is no one higher than you. There is no one higher, no one greater, no one like our God. There is none more able, Christ our Savior, great and glorious. There is no one higher, no one greater, no one like our God. There is none more able, Christ our Savior. Great and glorious. And Lord, we stand amazed in your presence. Astounded by your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high in surrender. Your grace for me is always enough. There is no one higher than our God. There is no one greater than you. Let my life forever praise the glory of your name. There is no one higher than you. There is no one higher than our God, there is no one higher than you, let my life forever praise the glory of your name, there is no one higher than you. Hallelujah, there is no one higher, no one worthy of the praise but you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I give you the glory. Hallelujah. Our hands are lifted high, Lord. Lord, in worship, in surrender. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Our God a firm foundation, our rock, the only solid ground, as nations rise and fall. Kingdoms once strong now shaken, but we trust forever in your name. The name of Jesus, we trust the name of Jesus, you are the only king forever, almighty God we lift you higher, you are the only king forever, forevermore. You are victorious, you are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher, you are the only king forever. Forevermore, you are victorious. Unmatched in all your wisdom, in love and justice you will reign. Every knee will bow. We bring our expectations. Our hope is anchored in your name. The name of Jesus. We trust the name of Jesus. You are victorious. We lift our banner high. We lift the name of Jesus. From age to age you reign. Your kingdom has no end. We lift our banner high. We lift the name of Jesus. From age to age you reign. Your kingdom has no end. You are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever. Forevermore, you are victorious. You are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever, forevermore. You are victorious. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. He is the only king. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Hallelujah. Let's continue to worship him right now, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We worship you, God. We honor
0: you, Jesus. We
1: praise and magnify and glorify your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Great and mighty is your faithfulness, God. Great is your goodness, God. Great is your mercy, God. Holy and wonderful and mighty, God, we praise and exalt you, magnify you, and glorify you, God. For you're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. Holy, mighty, righteous God. Jesus have your way in this place today, Lord Jesus. We need your will to be accomplished today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah 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 honor and majesty and power and glory be under your name jesus oh god thank you for your presence thank you for your angels oh god that are ministering right now in this place thank you for your powerful word thank you for your powerful spirit thank you father for your power lord Thank you for your anointing, O God, upon your people today, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God, for anointing their ears, O God. Thank you for anointing their minds. Thank you for anointing our lips, O God. Thank you for having your way, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 if we can't worship him down here, what are we going to do when we get in his presence, amen, Hallelujah, he is so good. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. God's got a word for somebody today. And why do you say that, brother, to me? Well, he always has a word for somebody. Amen. But when he calls on somebody last minute and you don't have time to think, you don't have time to prepare, I just, I believe and I've experienced that then when that happens, God's got something He wants to say because you don't, He don't give you time to think about it. He just gives you something and you got to go with it. And so God's got something for us today. You believe that? Amen. Yeah, it might not be the same thing for you and for you and for you, but He's got a word for you today. If you'll listen intently with His Spirit, with your spiritual ears, God's going to give you something today. Amen. The book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 5 through 7. The book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 5 through 7. Hallelujah. Hmm. Amen. When you're there, say amen. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched out them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. That's that breath of life in you, that spirit. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. And will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people. For a light of the Gentiles. Verse 7. To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your good word. We thank you for your spirit and your power, Lord, in this place, your angels that are encamped around about us ministering in this place. We thank you for your blood and for your name. We thank you for your people, God. We thank you for their faithfulness in this place today. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to us, O God. In spite of our our worldly ways, in spite of our flesh, God, you're still faithful. You still love us, God. You still come before us, God, with a word for us today that we would have ears to hear and receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about briefly here fulfilling God's mandate for us. Fulfilling God's mandate. How many know that God has a mandate for everybody in this room? Matter of fact, He doesn't only have a mandate for everybody in this room. He's got a mandate in God's will and God's economy for every individual in this city, in this world. Amen? Because in God's mind, when He said things like, I would that all men might be saved, and when He said things like, I don't want anybody to perish, but I want all people to come to repentance. When he said that, and we were talking this morning about God is the, the God that knows the end from the beginning, in God's mind, if he had his way, everybody would be saved. Because that's how he sees you as an individual, whether you're sitting in a bar right now, he sees that individual as saved. In God's mind, he sees them as saved. Whether they are or not is another story. Because he gave us something that he has given no other creature in this world. And that is a free will. He gave us a free will. Amen. And so, when we read this scripture and it talks about How that he he's talking about Israel, but really this applies to us. To open the blind eyes and to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Most people today, probably everybody today that's sitting in a literal prison or jail cell right now did not get there by accident. It didn't just it wasn't some freak of nature. That they ended up in prison. How did they get there? They did something. They did something. They broke the law. And they ended up, a judge said, you're going to prison. Or you're going to jail. So they didn't just get there by themselves. Circumstances, situations, decisions that they made. Because we're free will agents, aren't we? And so there's people out there that are that are literally in prison or in jail. But there's a whole lot more people out there right now that are in a another kind of literal prison. I don't want to say a figurative prison because they are in a literal prison in their mind. They're imprisoned by a lot of things. They're imprisoned by unbelief. They're imprisoned by there could be even be people in the church that are imprisoned by this unforgiveness. Right? You could be sitting on the pew right now and be holding unforgiveness in your heart about something and you won't let go of it. You just keep, want to keep hanging on to that thing. You know, like it's your favorite toy wagon from when you were a kid and you won't let it go. And you could be literally in a prison right now in your mind. And that one thing, that one thing, that one thing that you won't forgive somebody about, no matter who it is, no matter what they did, you could be imprisoned right now and living in darkness. And you yourself are holding your own self back. Whoever you are, whether you can hear this or not, if they're out there, they are imprisoned because they have chosen to be in prison. If somebody does something awful to you, and it just seems like it's just an unforgivable, right? And you, you get a spirit of unforgiveness, and you won't forgive them. And that person goes on three, four, five, six months later, and they repent of that, right? And they get right with God on that, but you still won't let it go. They might have done something to you, and they might have hurt your feelings or hurt you some way, but who's the one that's in prison now? You are. Just because you won't forgive. Did Jesus forgive us? Yeah. What is that prayer he told us when the disciples asked him to teach him how to pray? Part of that prayer says, forgive us our debts as as while we're while we're forgiving those who have trespassed again, while we're forgiving, you could really put that sentence in reverse, father, while i'm forgiving somebody, forgive me, give me the capacity that you forgive me with to forgive them with, because really we don't have the in our human nature we don't have that capacity we don't you might think you do, but you don't. You don't have the capacity to love people like Jesus does. Just look at his life. Study his life. Look at he didn't it didn't matter who they were. It didn't matter if they had leprosy or they were a prostitute or they'd been married 16 times. It didn't matter to him. And so we we've got to be careful. You know, when we think about people that are blinded and and, you know, we were like that before we got into truth, before we heard this gospel, and before God gave us revelation, we thought we were okay in our religious tradition. In our Catholicism or our Lutheranism or whatever it was you were before you were apostolic, we thought we were okay. Didn't we? Yeah, I did. Until one day, something happened. And I began to see things I never saw before. And I never expected to see that. Sister Becker, I just didn't. But When God opened, opened my eyes and let me see it, it was like, wow. Wow. Amazing. And God let me be taken out of the prison house. And so we've got a lot of people in our city, in our cities, You know, my wife and I live in Sparta, and we pray over that city every day and every night, Sparta and Angelo, and we go and eat in the restaurants, and we see the people. We see them in the lifestyle that maybe we were in to some extent. We see, we know that they're in prison. We know that they're in darkness, and you know, the really sad part is they don't even know they're in darkness. They don't even know that they're not saved. We didn't, did we? No, no. Right up to the moment when God opened our eyes and let us see the revelation of who he was, the need for water baptism in Jesus' name, and the definite need for the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you could have argued with us till the cows come home, and we would have told you we were right in what we were doing up to that point. But we were in darkness. And so thank God somebody had enough spiritual sense or whatever you want to call it to to pray to intercede, to travail for the souls of a city. And and thank God somebody, God gave somebody the word to pray for them. Thank God somebody prayed for me. Thank God somebody kept you lifted up in prayer, Sister Linda. You could have gone a total different direction. Somebody somewhere was praying for you. And that's why you're here today. And don't I don't ever whoever that is I don't ever want them to stop praying for me. And so we we pass that on, don't we? Somebody somebody in this city needs you. I'm just pointing at everybody to pray. You know we come here on one Saturday a month for the men to pray and the ladies pray uh, one one day a month and the and the church comes together and pray. But that's not the only time we need to pray. Because those people are in jail 24-7 spiritually. They're in prison. They're in darkness and they don't know it. And the only way they're going to get their eyes opened is if we pray the darkness off their eyes. Isaiah 42 verse 16 says this, And I will bring the blind by the way that they knew not. Wow. (laughs) Does that describe some of us? The Lord brought, I was the blind, and he brought me by a way that I knew not. I mean, he can say, say, yeah, that was me. That was me. I had no, I didn't know that that, wow, really? I didn't know that. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. You know, he's still doing that. (laughs) I got, I got baptized in Jesus' name in 1989, and God's still doing that in my life. He doesn't stop doing that. He says, I will make darkness light before them. Wow, he did that. He sure did that. And crooked things straight. He straightened up some messes in my life, Bob. He really did. And in some ways, he's still working on me. Still straightening up some stuff, because I'm not perfect yet. But I'm striving for perfection. The Bible talks about I'm striving for that maturity level that I need to be at. And I don't, I personally don't believe I'll get there until Jesus comes. But I'm going to be when He comes. I want to be busy striving to find myself in His will, in His plan, in His purpose. If there's more darkness, God, get work on it. Open my eyes. Give me more revelation if I need it. Whatever it is. We, we got to continue to pray like that. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All 51,000 people in La Crosse County, in La Crosse, on Alaska, Holman, West Salem, And the towns on the south side over there. Can't remember the names of all of them. Stoddard, going going down there toward Prairie, all down thirty-five there. Yeah. He's not willing that any should perish. He loves every one of them. He loves every soul. Every soul in in one place in Scripture, the Bible says every Jesus God says every soul is mine. Is that did that change? No, it's still that way. Every soul is his. So if every soul is his, that means every individual out there is not just a person, but a soul. And that's how we need to look at them. We don't need to judge by the clothes they're wearing or, or not wearing. Or we, need, we don't need to judge by what we see with our physical eyes. We have to tell ourselves, I have to tell myself, that's a soul. To, still to this day, I have to do that. God, that's a soul. I don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what kind of life they came out of as a child. We don't know anything about them. But that's the soul. And God loves them and cares about them. And he's expecting us as his body to do exactly that. To love them and care for them. So we're, we're talking about fulfilling God's mandate for us. What is God's mandate for us? Well, let's look at it. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. We talked about that this morning. This is the same Jesus that told us when he... Left this earth, he wouldn't leave us comfortless, but he'd send back his spirit. And and his spirit would dwell and live in us. Right? Same Jesus. Do ye therefore go ye therefore and teach all nations. Who's he talking to? He's actually talking to the twelve disciples, but he's by extension, he's talking to everybody. That's a perpetual statement. Baptizing them in the name of the Father. And of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What's that name? Yeah. Next verse. Teaching them. Teaching them. Out there. To observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And so there's our mandate. <clears throat> what he was telling those, those initial disciples, and that's what he's telling us before he left this earth. Go does not mean the same as stay, does it? Stay means sit still and don't move. Go means move. we got to go. And I don't know if he's telling you to go stand on a street corner on a soapbox and preach. I don't know if he's just telling you to just go to your neighbor's house. But if I look back in the book of Acts, that's what he told the that's what that's what the the first church did. That's what we read, right? He went from house to house. They went from house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. He's willing that everybody comes to repentance, but he's going to use us as his vessels to get that done. Right? Your brain dictates to your body. My brain's telling my, telling my feet to move right now and walk me around. You can't see it. I can't see it, but I know it's happening. My brain is processing everything I see looking around this room, the colors of clothes and everything, the amount of light that's in the room. So that's my head, right? God's our head. Jesus is our head. We're the body, and and the body does what the head tells it to do, right? And so Jesus gave us a command to go. Mark 16, verse 14 through 18. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. That word where it says sat at meat, that means they were lounging. They were just kind of lounging around. Like, oh, it's it's over. Let's go have a meal. Let's go hang out, guys. And what does that scripture say? He upbraided them with their unbelief. He kind of got on their case. Okay. He kind of got up in their their face, in their grill, and and gave them some grief about the fact, what are you all doing sitting around here? That's what he did. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There you go again. Go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. Well, that known world at that time was nowhere near what we have today. It doesn't say go out there and save every creature, it just says to go out there and preach the gospel to every creature one at a time. Unless God specifically tells me to go preach to a crowd out there somewhere, I'm going to go after one at a time. I'm going to go, I'm going to. The ones that I come in contact with every day at work or every day in my, in my city where I live, when I go to the grocery store or whatever, I'm going to make an effort to share the gospel with those that I come in contact with every single day. And if they hear it and don't do anything with it, that's not on me. Don't get hung up on one person. Go tell everybody as many as you can as you go. But remember that they are in darkness, and so it might it might take more than just telling them. If you feel led of of God, you might have to start taking that person on on in prayer. God, open their eyes. Let them just give them a scripture and just pray over that, and let let God work on them. Right? Because when they went house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship together with all the people, right? They had favor with all the people, and God added to the church. Not they didn't add to the church. God added as the church did what it was supposed to do. We did our we do our part. God does His part. He adds them. He fills them. He re, He gives them His revelation. He's the one that can get into their mind and open blind eyes and then stop the deaf ears. Right? We can't do that. Luke 24:44 through 49. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding, that they may might understand the scriptures. Anybody ever experienced that? When you look at a scripture and you go, "Wow, I didn't I never saw that before." Wow. When I saw baptism in Jesus name, it blew me away. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it really says that." They're not just telling me it says that, it really says that. And that was God. I was in a room by myself, nobody was around. Me. God God gave me that. And he's not finished giving us revelation if that's not all there is. There's not even close. And said unto them, Thus it is written, And thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name or proclaimed. doesn't mean you have to be in a, a licensed preacher. It's just that word preach means proclaimed. Anybody can proclaim. Anybody can cast seed, right? Can we talked about that yesterday God doesn't need you to be a college graduate to cast seed if he just if you're going to work for a farmer to cast seed you're just going to give you a bag full of seed and you're just going to be doing like this and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things and behold I send the promise of the Father. Upon you, but tarry in Jerusalem until you be in due with power from on high. So we don't have to do it by ourselves. He's given us the tools. What did what did Jesus tell? The, don't worry about what you're going to say when you get in those situations. Just the Spirit will give you what to say. You don't have to worry about. You don't have to you know stress over what am I going to say? I, I'm not very good. I I can't. I can't be a witness. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. What happened to you when you got saved? In your own words. Right? We did that the other day on Veterans Day, right? Talk about your testimony. Who can take that away from you? Nobody. That was real to you. That was real when I opened my mouth and started speaking in tongues and I heard myself. That was real. I'm sorry. You can deny Jesus. You can call me any name you want, but that's that really happened to me, and you're not taking that away from me. Period. End of story. And if you don't, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. All you got to do is talk about the love of Jesus in your life, and the testimony of how God saved you, and how He's delivered you, and how He's used you. And it's not going to take long before people are going to start. You know, you ever like sit down there watching somebody else eat something and you're hungry? Right, and you know your your mouth's watering, and you think, man, when are they going to give me a piece of that? Right, that's how that's how it needs to be. That's how I was. I was hungry. I was I wanted something like this. I was sick and tired of religion. And if if you find somebody hungry like that, you just keep keep giving them a little bit. Might take a while, might take a year, might take two years. But you just keep loving them and you just keep feeding them and let God work on them. He just keeps praying over them and you just keep letting God work on them. So the Apostle Paul, he understood this mandate. If anybody received a mandate from God, it was the Apostle Paul. Because he went through that that awesome experience on that road where he got knocked down and blinded and fasted for three days and heard God speaking to him in an audible voice. And we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 26 and verse 13, and we're going to read kind of what Paul went through. The things that he experienced. He gave this testimony to to a king. Acts twenty six, thirteen through twenty. Gotta give my sound booth person. I must have not wrote this one down, I guess. Instant in season and out of season up in the booth. And I don't have it up right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus name. actually ruffling the pages you just can't hear it. <laughs> and so Paul is proclaiming his testimony to King Agrippa. He's about to be imprisoned. He's been persecuted. He's been lied upon and and all of those things and yet he's still hanging in there. He's still preaching the gospel and it says whereupon in verse 12 as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests at midday, O King. He's talking about when he was going out to to get more of those Christians and drag them kicking and screaming by their hair and, and put them in jail and kill them and all that kind of stuff because they were just a sect that just needed to be eliminated. That's how he felt about them. And he's sharing this with King Agrippa and all these other religious Jews are there and they're listening to all of this because he was one of them. He used to be one of them. He was a Pharisee. Paul talks about he was a Pharisee of Pharisees and all those kind of things. And so he said, At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Why are you fighting against this thing? Why? Why are you fighting it? And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. So he was persecuting the Christians, but he wasn't specifically persecuting Jesus. But since we're the body of Christ, he was persecuting Jesus, wasn't he? But rise and stand upon thy feet for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Even though the people in the church were praying for me to take you out of this world, I got a different plan. To make thee a minister and a witness. He wants to make us all ministers and witnesses. That's what our that's what that's what we're called to do, right? That's what our mandate is both of these things which I thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, stuff you haven't seen or heard yet. Is God finished with us? Just because we got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and now we're sitting on the pew being a good saint, doing all the do's and not doing all the don'ts. Is he done with us now? Not even close. Don't ever get the attitude that he is. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. He delivered him from the Gentiles so that he could turn around and send him back to the Gentiles. But he's sending him back as a different guy, different spirit, different attitude, different mindset. Totally different guy. And here's what he sent Paul to do to open their eyes. And to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And then he says, Whereupon, O King King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them in Damascus and Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then the, to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do the works meet for repentance. So Jesus told Paul that his mission in life was to open the, the eyes of the blind. To turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That sounds like a spiritual thing, doesn't it? So we can't in all of our educated you know we could be the biggest, the greatest Bible scholar there is, but we cannot open blind eyes and unstop deaf ears spiritually by how smart we are and how eloquent we are with words and how much Bible we can quote. We cannot do it. Have you ever tried that? If you've never done that with somebody, they'll sit right there and look at you and they'll shake their head. and They'll go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But they're not getting it because the darkness, the the scales are still on their eyes. They're not going to see it. They're going to hear the words, but they're not really going to get it. And so I just believe that when he was talking to to Paul, he was telling him this and and we know that Nothing happened in the book of Acts without prayer. Nothing. And so that's why we're praying. That's why we're coming together. That's why we're fasting. That's why we're doing all of these things. Not just so that we can go through religious exercises and say that we're apostolic because this is what we do. We do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And, this. and so we 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 punch all the holes out and we, we this is what we do. No, this is not what we do. We've been mandated. Because there's some people out there that need forgiveness. There's some people out there that have done some pretty bad things. There's some people out there that are living in their life in sin. And they honestly they wish they could get out of it. But they don't know how. There's some people out there that are praying. With tears running down their eyes in bed at night. On their pillow with the lights off. God I don't know if you're real. But if you are. I really need you. I'm sick and tired of this life. I'm tired of these drugs. And I'm telling you, it happens. A good friend of mine that I was stationed in Okinawa with that's from Louisville, they didn't know where his sister was for 10 years. They didn't know if she was alive or dead. All they knew was they'd, they'd hear from her every now and then, but it was like just for a second, and then they wouldn't hear from her for another several years. And she was heavily into meth and all kinds of drugs. And one day, one day, ten years into this, something happened. And I remember being in the church where her mother went to church. And that woman would get up every service, morning, evening, didn't matter, pray for my daughter. And God answered. (laughs) And she came out of that. She didn't come out of that completely unscathed. She had some issues in her body, but she had done things to her body with the drugs and, and other things that she was involved in, that you get involved in when you want more money for more drugs. You just, some things just follow that. You can use your own imagination. But even after all of that, God delivered her completely. I'm not talking about a little bit. He completely delivered her. He took the darkness away. And one day she just saw it and she just said, like, I'm done. Just wherever she was, she just got up and walked out. I'm not doing this anymore. God did that. And after all of that, God blessed her with a good husband. And she was faithful in the church. And I'll never forget that. It just blew me away what God did in her life. We got a guy that's, I think he's a district superintendent in Oklahoma that was raised in church. And got out of church and went down that same road. And he said one day he was, and his family just never stopped praying for him. And one day he was sitting in a house with a bunch of guys doing meth and just sitting around on couches and just talking, and they started talking about the Bible. He said it was the weirdest thing. What are you going to talk about while you're sitting around doing meth? The Bible? Yeah. No way, right? Well, he said they were. For some odd reason, they got to talking about the Bible, and he said all of a sudden it just dawned on him. He's like, like the scales came off, and he said, what am I doing here? I'm an apostolic. And he just said, all right, guys, I got to go. He got up and left. And he made a phone call to his uncle or somebody, and his dad was up in a tree stand hunting. And his, his uncle came running out in the woods and running up to the tree stand and hollering and screaming at him to come down. And he's like, shut up. You're going to scare all the deer away. He's like, no, you don't understand. Your son just called. He's coming back. And he did. He came back. God delivered him from all that mess. So who, who out there like that, is God wanting us to talk to? Who? We've got a mandate. You know, He's mandated you. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Are you just going to sit around? The saints of the first church went from house to house with no Bible college. They weren't trained. They just went. They didn't have a book. They didn't have a Bible. How'd they do that? All they had was the scriptures that was passed from word of mouth. Most people in that day were not, they couldn't read. Even if they had a Bible, they couldn't read it. So how did they do that? How did they how did they do that? How, God worked through them. He's wanting to work through us. We're no different than that first church. Anybody in this room can teach a Bible study. Anybody. It's too easy today. <laughs> we got Bible study charts back here on the shelf. You don't even have to know scripture. It's right there on the chart. <laughs> and now they you can do that on your computer. It's just like a PowerPoint. You just go click, go to the next one. Click, go to the next one. <laughs> and if you don't if they don't get it in that Bible study, there's multiple Bible studies. You could just start with another one. I mean we really don't have any excuse to say, I can't teach a Bible study. If you've got a smartphone, you got a Bible on it. How many has got a smartphone with a Bible on it? Almost everybody in this room. You can search that Bible, can't you? So, you don't even need a concordance anymore. You can just type in a word or two and it will find the scripture for you. I mean, come on. You can teach a Bible study over Zoom, for for goodness sake to somebody in another country real time (laughs) come on wow god mandated them he mandated us are we the church were they the church same church right right the church is not this building it's not the upci either church is the body of christ 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. It's Paul talking to the church. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, why did you read that scripture, Brother Demuth? Because what if there's something in our life that's hindering us from fulfilling this mandate that God gave us. We already talked this morning about unforgiveness. Can Satan use that in your life? It says here that Satan should get an advantage of us. Does he just take advantage because we let him? you got to let him especially if you have the power of the Holy Ghost, he got no power over you unless you allow Him to. And what better way for you to allow Him to have power over you than to harbor unforgiveness in your heart or some other spirit like that, bitterness, anger, whatever. Is that giving the devil a toehold and a foothold in your life? If he can keep you distracted with all that kind of silly business, he can keep you distracted from fulfilling your mandate cuz you're not going to be you're not going to be in the right mind and the right spirit to be teaching anybody a bible study if you're walking around all bitter and unforgiving about stuff in your life look at jesus what did he say when he was hanging from from two nails in his hands that's kind of the word we need to to adopt. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Because they're gonna do it. They're gonna persecute you. They're gonna call you names. I mean, we're not they're not burning down our brush arbors and stuff like that like they did many, many years ago, but there's gonna be people out there that are that are gonna just look at you and tell you you're you're whacked in the head. That doesn't change the fact that you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That doesn't change the fact that you have a testimony. That doesn't change the fact that the Word of God is real. And that God is real. It doesn't change any of that. What does your husband call it? The big green blobby monster or something? Yeah. (laughs) There's all kinds of mindsets out there and all kinds of stuff. But what we have is truth. And it's going to prevail. And so we can't let the devil through unforgiveness or whatever, get a, a toehold in our life and hinder us. I mean, we can have unforgiveness between mates. Right? Between us and our children. Our parents. Somebody at work. Some situation that somebody hurts your feelings. I think the pastor said we don't go by feelings. Didn't he say that? We don't operate by feelings. Feelings, feelings are fickle. Ever heard that before? They are. God gave them to us, but don't trust them. Don't trust them. If we could all stand in here this morning. He wants nothing more the enemy does than to get an advantage of us so he can distract us from our mandate. Because he don't want anybody to be saved. He wants them all to go to hell with him. And that the Bible I read says that hell was created for who? It doesn't say anything in there about it. it was created for human beings. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go there, and I don't want anybody of my kind going there either. Because once you're there, you're there forever. And can you imagine not making it to heaven? and with all the descriptions of hell in the bible the one thing that i think that I, that would get to me more than anything is the regret of knowing that i had the chance to make a decision for god and i didn't to have to live with that the rest of your life in in eternity might not be in this body but in eternity and so we got to think about stuff like that about this mandate that he's given us and we we it's easy to just sit in here and have church, but we got to remember that we were called to go, every one of us. As our pastor always says, we are all ministers of the gospel. He put it in each one of us. You're not going to do it the same way I do it, Vicky. You're not going to come across the same people I do, Bob. But you, you're going to have a circle of people that you're in that you're in contact with and you're going to have that those are going to be the ones that's your field. Where's your field? Where's God mandated you to be? Think about all those cities and all around this country where God has called men and they haven't gone. They don't they don't have a voice. They don't have somebody there. But God's put you here in this city. Hallelujah. Let's all come to the front. I don't know if you know this or not, but God's doing some things. He's transforming some thinking. He's transforming some mindsets and some lives. You know, you can get a mindset. You know what a mindset is? There's another word for mindset. It's called stronghold. You can get your mindset on a certain thing. You can get your mindset... Thinking a certain way, and I'm not going to think any other way, and that can be a stronghold that the enemy can use to keep you from doing God's will. It can be a religious stronghold mindset. It could be all kinds of, I'm going to do my way, and I'm not going to, God, I'll do this much, but this is as far as I'll go. We can have all kinds of mindsets that the enemy will subtly use, and he'll say, Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't do anything different than that. Yeah, because. You know you're right. That the I mean, he'll agree with you if it's not in the will of God. He'll agree with you quickly. Amen. But God's the building that we're standing in is not going to hold him. Sister Becker. I'm sorry. It's just not. So if you're if you're married to this building, I'm sorry. <laughs> there's going to come a day we're going to have to walk away from this building. Because there's just not going to be enough parking. We're going to start making the neighbors mad. We're going to have to plow this grass out over here and put gravel down. Because it's going to come to that point where that's not even going to be enough. Oh, come on, Brother Demuth. No, I'm serious. And somewhere in this city, somewhere God's got a building. But I'm going to tell you this. The the first church that went out from house to house breaking bread didn't have a building, did they? You know, buildings didn't actually come until like Constantine or something like that. And he started giving all the the big buildings away to all the Catholics and churches, and that's kind of where all that started. But the original church never really had a building. He's the building. Wherever two or three are gathered together. If it's in a restaurant, if it's in your home, if it's sitting in a car, wherever, he's there. We're the church wherever we go. And we need to be the church. We need to understand like Paul did what our mandate is. and our mandate's not a lot di- much different than Paul's. We need to pray that blindness and darkness off the minds of people so that they can receive revelation so that they can receive truth and we don't have to be bible scholars t- to do that. God will add. God'll give you the sensitivity to know if you're wasting your time with somebody that's not hungry, and he'll let you know to move on to something else. But we have to we have to keep moving. We're just like that that uh vacuum cleaner salesman that comes to your door wants to sell you vacuum cleaners throws dirt on your carpet and runs a vacuum and shows you how good it works and you say no thank you and he walks out the door and he's not all discouraged and worried. He just goes right next door to the next guy. Hi, I'm the Kirby vacuum cleaner guy. You want to buy a vacuum? Go through that whole spiel, no thank you. Go to the next door. Hi, I'm the Kirby vacuum cleaner salesman. They don't do that anymore. We gotta keep we gotta just keep telling them until somebody listens. So, and there's hungry people out there. Folks, there's hungry, hurting people that are just they're going to say things to you like, man, I'm glad you came along. Man, I'm glad you said something to me. Man, I'm glad that you didn't turn me away because everybody else I've tried to talk to don't want to talk to me because I look like this or whatever. But God wants to use us. And in the last day, we were in the last day, if you didn't notice that. They're trying to take all of our freedoms and liberties away in this country. And when they come and take our building, then what are we going to do? Think about that. Oh, Brother Demuth, they never passed a law that says the church can't meet in a church building. You think not? Think again. So what are we going to do then? House to house. So let's pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for one another. Pray that God will use this congregation... And this pastor, that's not me, but Brother Becker, to lead this church down the road we need to go down to fulfill God's call, God's mandate for our life. Father, we love you today. We praise you today. We honor you today, Lord Jesus. We come before you today, right now, Lord Jesus, without any excuses. Oh, God, we're going to quit making excuses. We're going to quit excusing ourselves from ministry, God, because of this or that or some other reason or excuse, God. We're going to quit excusing ourselves, God. We're going to take this mandate seriously, God. We're going to take it upon ourselves, O God. Uh, I know and we know that we're not going to know what to say in every situation. We're not going to know how to deal with every situation. But, God, you filled us with your Spirit. And you gave us your Spirit, O God, to lead us and guide us. And, Father, I pray over every one of the ones that are in front of me right now that you give them ears to hear, that they would seek to know your will, that they would seek to know your voice, that they would seek you, God, with all that's within them. You said in your Word, if we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness that all these things all that we need will be added unto us oh god you'll add unto us wisdom and knowledge and understanding and revelation you'll add unto us oh god a discernment oh god in every situation god you're going to use your church mightily in this last day oh god we're going to every one of us oh god we're going to see demons cast out we're going to see healings and miracles and signs and wonders in this body god we're going to see it happen, o God. The new converts are going to be laying hands on people, God, in the name of Jesus. And there's going to be healings, oh God, and miracles, God, in the name of Jesus. You are not done with us yet, God. You're not done with us yet, oh God. We might not be able to physically get around, Father, but we can pray, oh God. We can open our mouth and pray and seek your face. We can pray the blindness and darkness off of people, oh God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, don't let us stop praying. Don't let us stop. Stop interceding and travailing, God. Oh, we need you to have your way among your people today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, and I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, and I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Oh, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, and I'm just the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. The clay never says to the potter, hey, you made me wrong, does it? God made us the way we are. He made us exactly the way we are. He gave us the gifts that we have, the talents and the abilities. And he only expects us to use what we have with what he's given us. So every one of us is commissioned and commanded and and we have this mandate. Ooh. With God as our the center of all who we are, we really don't have an excuse. And if we can't go, we can pray. If you have a mouth, if you have, even if you don't have a mouth, you can pray in your mind. When I'm in prayer throughout the work day, I'm not always praying out loud with my mouth, but I'm always praying in my mind, listening for God. Right? If you'll listen, He'll direct you. He'll tell you. And a lot of times it won't sound like anything you want to say, and it, and you'll, you'll question it, but sometimes you just need to do it. Turn here, turn here, turn here. Okay, I'll turn here. Now what? He doesn't just do that for certain special people. He does that for anybody that'll listen. All right? Hallelujah, Lord. We love you and thank you for this day, for the privilege and opportunity to be among your people, Lord Jesus, to... Allow you to use my voice to speak to your people, Lord. I hope I've said what you wanted me to say, Father. I sure hope that I only said what you wanted me to say, Father, as you spoke to the prophets. So I believe you spoke through me to your people, Lord, that they would take it and receive it. I pray wisdom and revelation, knowledge and understanding upon their minds as they go from this place, Father, that they would chew upon this, that they would think about it, Lord, and that they would go from this place with a different mindset, O God, about their mission and their their mandate in this world that we live in today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.